0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Short Play Podcast. Our podcast is centered on taking short plays and adapting them for use in a podcast with minimal sound effects or narration. This month's podcast is a little different in that we are adapting a full-length play into a four-part podcast. You'll want to listen to these in order to follow the story. The play entitled Group Therapy was originally staged in 2014 at La Chat Noir in Augusta, Georgia. The play takes place in a small meeting room on the ground floor of a local community center. It is January. It is cold outside and we join our actors as they arrive for a weekly therapy session. Enjoy the show.
1: All I'm saying is, would it kill him to leave the heat on for us? I mean, this office is freezing. We might as well be meeting in the alley out back. Free meeting
2: space, free coffee, and the community center foots the bill for me being here. You can deal with it for one night a
1: week. Well, if I freeze to death, it's on you, man. Hi, Laney.
3: Hey, guys. It might be colder inside than it is outside tonight.
1: See? That's what I'm saying. Can someone bring a space heater in next week? Would they allow that? Just a small space heater would warm this room right up.
2: You'll have to stick to coffee for the warm-up. They're strict about what gets plugged in. They don't want a fire.
1: Well, that sucks if you ask me. I don't remember asking you. Ouch! Is that the bedside manner they teach you at the community college you go to?
2: Let me see if I can find a janitor to turn the heat up. Oh, hey Rachel. Hey Bob. I'll be right back.
3: Hi guys, I missed you this week.
4: I almost didn't make it here this week. My car wouldn't start yesterday, and they tell me it's the alternator or something. No car till at least Thursday, and there's no way in hell I was going to take public transportation. Bob gave me a ride, but... I swear, if he doesn't stop looking at my breast tonight, I'm going to need a ride home from someone else. Uh, I wasn't...
5: I mean, look, I wasn't looking at her... I, oh, I, for
4: God's sake, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Bob was a perfect gentleman. Really, after all these sessions together, you think you'd know how to take me.
5: I, I just... Yeah. Uh,
4: my eyes are up here, Bob. Quit looking at my tits.
5: I, I wasn't looking at you. I mean, I I wasn't.
4: For the love of God, I'm
3: getting with you. Jesus, you make it too easy. Poor Bob. Don't let her get to you. She could have called any of us for a ride. She called you.
1: She called me first, but I told her to fuck off. Kidding. God, neither of you can take a joke.
2: Uh, no luck finding the janitor. I'll try it again at our break. All right, let's have a seat. Let's get this party started, shall we? Okay but if they find me dead in the alley of exposure, it's your fault. Duly noted. So I was thinking some more about Christmas. The holidays have come and gone, and we've all made it through them, but I thought maybe we could just go around the room and do a quick recap of what the holidays meant to us this year. How we felt. How about you start this week, Bob? Me? Yes, you. You?
5: Christmas was nice. It, it was a nice day. I, I got a few gifts. I, I managed to stay within my budget. So in well all, it was a pretty good day. Nothing else? No. Not really.
1: Anyone besides me want to call bullshit? Tyler? No, this is group therapy. We, we do it in groups for a reason. Sorry, I call bullshit.
3: Stop it. Bob, you don't have to respond to that.
5: I'm fine. A, a Christmas was fine. Not everything has to be an issue.
1: What'd you get? Huh? What'd you get? for Christmas.
5: My brother and his wife got me a gift. What was it? It was a gift card. I'm
1: I'm hard to shop for. <laughs> so you got a gift card for Christmas. One gift card. I'm hard to shop for. How many kids does your brother have? 5. Why? And you got them a few gifts, I assume?
5: Of course. Uh, Christmas is all about the kids. It's really for them then, isn't it? Uh, the trees, the ornaments, the caroling.
1: Did you go caroling?
3: Stop it. You're picking on him.
1: Did you get your brother a gift?
5: Of course. And his wife? Yes, of course. Uh, Christmas is about family, and and they're my family.
2: What are you getting at, Tyler? Are they hard to shop for?
5: Not really. I I got my brother a toolkit from Lowe's, and I got her a scarf from Macy's. Even if it's not her style, she can exchange it. I got gift receipts.
1: And you got a gift card.
3: Can you be
5: nice?
1: How much? It was a $20 gift card to
5: Walmart. It's practical, and I can use it. What the fuck is your problem? Why is my Christmas gift so interesting to you?
3: Sit down. He's just trying to get a rise out of you.
5: It's
4: just... I'm I'm hard to shop for. Why are you interrogating him?
1: Fuck you, Rachel. You know why. Bob, you are a fucking doormat. You've said so yourself a dozen times in this very room. You deserve better. You know it. And I know it. I'm not saying you fuck up everyone's Christmas by throwing a shit fit in the living room over a $20 Walmart gift card. I'm just saying that at least here... You be a bit honest. Here, in this room, you be honest and say, Hey, I have more value than a fucking gift card. So maybe next time your brother asks you to babysit, you say, No. And then you use that gift card to buy yourself a candy bar. And next time his wife calls you for a ride, or, or they call you to help move boxes, or they call you to help paint the house, you will think of that gift card and tell them to fuck off.
4: You are a regular fucking Santa Claus, you know that?
5: I used it already wasn't really even $20, it was $19.40. It started out as a $25 gift card, but someone had used $5.60. It was a re-gift. The kids... I, I really do love those kids. They had stacks of gifts. No space under the tree for anything else, really. And then they were opening up gifts and there was wrapping paper everywhere. It was... It was a beautiful sight. And then I opened my one gift. The gift card, and I felt silly because I felt like a little kid that Santa had forgot. And I told myself, hey, Christmas is for the kids. Right? And I made it through that day, and the whole time I was thinking, what a lovely Christmas this was with my family. Then a few days later I went to Walmart, and when I checked out, realized that my gift card was a leftover. Like, hey, we forgot Bob but Let's give him this Walmart card. I don't think we've even used it. it
1: made me sick. Literally, I went round behind the store and threw up. Did you get any blood on you? Blood? Uh, sorry, <clears throat> I meant vomit. Did you get any vomit on you?
2: No. Why?
1: It's just, as long as you didn't get any on you. You can go on with your day, you know, S- stick a gum and you're good as new.
2: So, what is your takeaway from all of this? guess I have to stop allowing myself to be stepped on. I think we need to work on providing you the tools to be more assertive about your needs and expectations. It was reasonable that you didn't ruin Christmas and come off as ungrateful, but it is also reasonable, knowing what you do for your brother and his family, that you would expect a bit more appreciation, both during gift-giving times and as well as in everyday life. You and I can work on that privately if you would like.
1: Hey, man. I got you a Christmas gift. It's a bit late, but uh, I think you will like it. Really? Yep. See? It's an invisible box full of fuck yous. See, next time your ungrateful brother or his wife ask you to be their doormat, you can reach into the box and pull out one of the many you have and give them a nice big fa ha ha
2: ha ha ha
1: ha you.
5: Really? You shouldn't have. So thoughtful. And to think, I got you nothing.
2: Rachel, how was your Christmas?
4: Really, it wasn't bad. Kind of nice, actually. My boyfriend got me a few very nice gifts, and he seemed to really like what I picked out for him. Oh, one funny thing. So, remember I was telling you that I had read all of the Fifty Shades of Grey books? Well, Eric has been teasing me nonstop about it. Anyway, Christmas morning, one of my last presents was... Well, let's just say a few toys I had read about... Eric had gone into one of those places, and there was a wall devoted to Fifty Shades. Honestly, Eric had no idea what to buy, so he grabbed a few things that he thought looked interesting. Christmas comes and goes, and we have a few drinks, and one thing leads to another, and... Um,
2: hey, are you sure this is appropriate group discussion material?
4: Oh, Michael, shh, really. Yeah, man, shut up. Now, where was I? So we start taking things out of the packages, and we're playing like little school kids, and just laughing hysterically. I'm in this silly getup and he's using this odd deep voice and we just keep bursting out laughing and oh man, finally, dear God, finally we just gave up and had ourselves a good old fashioned time. I hadn't laughed so hard in ages.
5: I must have missed those photos on Facebook.
4: Was that Bob trying to be a smart ass?
5: I got you something for Christmas. A regift from Tyler. Fuck you.
2: And let's get this train back on track. Tyler, how about you, Cher? Okay.
1: Want the short version or the honest version?
3: I'd like the honest.
1: Okay. Um. Fee is seven, so Christmas to her is all magic and possibilities. She believes, like, really believes in Santa, and I didn't want to let her down. And I have to hand it to her mother. She gets it. You know what I mean? Since we've divorced, we haven't had a single fight. We compromise, we discuss, we always put Fee's needs first. This year was supposed to be my year for Fee to be at my place. Gail called me and asked if it would be okay if we could do Christmas over there. That way Fee could wake up in her bed and then come downstairs and open gifts. Gail said that if I agreed, we could make it an annual thing, that Daddy would sleep over and then Santa would come to her house. Neither of us would ever have to miss her on Christmas.
3: Sleep over where? With her mom?
1: No, in the guest room. It could become our family tradition every year so that I would never miss a Christmas and neither would Gail. Really, when I thought about it, I thought, why not? We had a nice Christmas Eve. I got to read Fee to sleep. Just like, well, before. And then she woke us all up and we opened gifts. It's unconventional, but I, ho- I hope we can do that every Christmas.
3: That's really sweet. So you spent the night with your ex-wife?
1: And her boyfriend. It was a really good day. What you get? I'm hard to shop for. What you get? I'm hard to shop for. Well, I got a clay sculpture from Fee that she made for me in school. And Gail gave me a pair of gloves. Her boyfriend gave me some scratch-off tickets, because nothing says Christmas better than a sucker bet from a dirty gas station.
3: I won $50 on a scratch-off last week.
1: Congratulations. It's still a sucker bet. And you, Laney? How was your Christmas?
3: I asked Santa to bring me a man. I would have settled for one of those toys Rachel got.
2: Not a good Christmas, then?
3: It was okay. It's just... I don't know. Lonely? Don't get me wrong... I was surrounded by people, but I was lonely. I see couples together, and I want that. I want to hold hands with someone. I want to kiss in the cold. I want passion and companionship. So I was alone at Christmas. Nothing new, really. It's just I opened every gift. I kept thinking how great it would be to open a gift from someone that loved me. And not in a father-daughter kind of love. And a boyfriend-girlfriend kind of love. Just me. I mean, I know I'm not beautiful or all that smart, but...
1: Can I just say something here? Out of turn? Tread lightly, Tyler. You are beautiful. I mean that. You're a good person. You're sweet, and you are pretty. Any guy would be lucky to have you. And maybe that person is right around the corner, just waiting to meet you. I mean that.
3: Thank you. I needed that. You're sweet, and a good friend. You all are.
2: So, we bring to us every Christmas the ghost of Christmas's past. For Bob, it's his ongoing feelings of self-worth, or uh, lack thereof. For Tyler, it is his failed relationships. For Lainey, it's her lack of companionship. And for Rachel, it is her misplaced sensuality.
3: Excuse me?
2: (laughs) Sorry, they can't all be winners. You had a good Christmas. It makes it tough on a therapist when things are going relatively well.
3: Yeah, remind me again why you're here.
4: I wanted to see if Michael's advice would get better as he got closer to graduation. So far, not so much.
2: Ha ha. Let's just move on, shall we? Why don't we spend the rest of this hour discussing a memory from Christmas? Any Christmas past. That seems to stick with you. Year after year. It can be pleasant, unpleasant, meaningful or deep, or light and easy. Just... Think back on your life and Christmas's past, and tell me a story that you find interesting, memorable. Don't worry about meaning. Ever get a song stuck in your head? Some memories are like that too, just kind of stuck in your head.
1: I want to hear about one of those. I have one. It was a few years back on Christmas Eve. I was in an area of town I didn't know too well. I I think I was going out to meet a woman or something. Anyway... She called me and asked me to meet her or something. All
5: that pot you smoked when you was younger is taking its toll.
1: (laughs) Maybe. The details are kind of fuzzy. But I pulled into this gas station, and I needed to kill time because I was watching this old guy through the store window. You know those crane machines? You put in some money, you move a claw, then you push a button and the claw drops. If you are lucky, you get a stuffed animal.
3: I love those machines. I hate them. I never win.
5: Me
1: neither. That's the thing. They're a scam. It's a sucker's game. There is a trick to it, and I know the trick, so I always win.
3: Always win? No, I call bullshit.
1: Not really. Every time.
3: What's the
0: trick?
1: If there is anything holding the toy down, any resistance at all, you can't win. So when the guy fills the machine, he stuffs everything down as hard as he can stuff it. So all the little stuffed arms and legs are intertwined. The only way you can win is if you see one of those toys lying freely on top of the pile.
3: So how do you always win if they're all stuffed down together?
1: You don't play. That's the trick. You only play when you can see the prize is winnable. Most times, I just walk past the machine, keep my money in my pocket. But sometimes, after all the suckers have blown lots of money and loosened the pile up a bit, I see a winnable toy. I drop my coins, and I win the prize. So what happened with the guy? Yeah, right, the guy. So I'm watching him from the glass, and I see him dropping a coin, move the claw, drop the claw, and come up empty. I can see the machine must have been filled that day because it's filled to the brim with toys, And they are stuffed in there tight. No way was this guy going to win. But there he goes. Another coin. Another try. And another failure. I watched him sink at least five dollars into this machine.
2: How did that make you feel?
1: I guess I felt pity for the guy. No. I'm lying. Usually when I tell this story, I tell people I feel pity for him. But really, I, I didn't. You know what I felt? I felt angry.
5: Angry? Why would you be angry with him?
1: It was a repeated motion. He would slowly drop the quarters in the machine. Then he would move the crane backwards, as if it made a difference. Then he'd move it to the side, as if the outcome wasn't already decided. Watching his stupid face try to gauge the distance, where to angle the claw, it made me... I don't know. Then he'd push the button It would lower onto the prize, and there would be that momentary look of excitement like he was about to win, like for one time in his sorry life, he wouldn't be a loser. And then the claw would come up empty. And he had this dejected look on his face, like he had just confirmed how pathetic he had allowed his life to become. I'm not kidding. I watched him a good solid five minutes before I went into the gas station. It was freezing out that night, record lows.
3: Did you speak to him?
1: I came in just as he was putting in the last of his quarters into the machine, stood next to him. Of course he lost. He was a loser. And he looked up at me and said, I just wanted to win my granddaughter Christmas, like Christmas was something that could be won. Then he added, they're going to be so disappointed with me. I could smell the liquor on him, see the grime that comes from living poorly. So he was poor. You were angry at him for being poor? No. No, that's not it at all. I, I was angry at him because he was a loser. Because... Every single bad decision he had ever made in his life had led him to this piece-of-shit gas station in this lousy part of town, blowing the last of his cash in a misguided attempt to be a Christmas hero. It makes you wonder how many times he had let his family down before, how many Christmases he came up short, how many promises he had broken, how many times his family had to pretend it was okay, when it was not fucking okay at all. He had probably blown ten bucks trying to win that stupid fucking toy, when he could have used that money on a two-dollar coloring book and a cab to his son's house sons The son's daughter's Fuck should i know his kid his grandkid he could have used that ten dollars to go to a goodwill and, and get a warmer coat so he wouldn't freeze to death in the cold instead our hero continues his long tradition of letting down his family and making bad decisions and this christmas wasn't going to be any different He'd show up empty-handed with a long story of how life had cheated him out of his prizes. Smelling a liquor and needing a shower. Merry Christmas. So yeah, I was angry. Angry at him.
4: No one's going to accuse you of having too much compassion.
1: Fuck
2: you. Let's tone it down a notch. She knows we're cool.
3: We're cool. How did it end? Huh? Your story, how does it end?
1: Well, it's kind of funny. I've told that story a few dozen times. Usually when I tell it, it ends with me being a nice guy and winning the stuffed bear for him or or giving him some more money to buy a real gift. How did it really end? I just drove home.
5: What about the girl? The the girl you go to meet?
1: No, that can't be right. No, I went home. I was still married then. And Fee was only two, maybe. So I went home, showered, kissed Fee, and then put presents under the tree. I went home. I think about what I should have done, and I remember thinking how lucky I was that Fee was in my life. I should have done something to help the guy. He probably deserved better. Maybe something had happened to him to make him what he had become.
2: Your dad was an alcoholic, right? Something like that. Maybe that is why you felt...
1: Clear as day! Transference! You are an awesome therapist! (laughs) A shining star at your community college. I'm cured!
2: Very funny. And it's a state college.
5: Satellite campus. I'd, I'd like to tell my story now, if that's okay.
3: You've reached the end of part one. Please join us for part two.
0: I hope you enjoyed this presentation of Short Play Podcast. A few thank yous before we end. I'd like to thank Ben Sound for the show music. I'd like to thank Le Chat Noir for their support of my writing and for providing space for the podcast studio. Group Therapy was written by Marty Mathis and this podcast was produced and edited by Marty Mathis as well. If you have comments or would like the rights to perform the show on stage, please contact him at shortplaypodcast at gmail.com. This presentation was acted by Jeremy Garcia as Michael, Chris Bailey as Taylor, Juliana Johnston as Lainey, Courtney Danielle Westman as Rachel, and Tom Colachin as Bob. Please subscribe. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something.